Smith Original. Hey everyone, thanks a million for listening. If you like this podcast, the best way to support it is by doing the SRR method. Subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends because word of mouth is a great way to spread the news. Okay, let's get down to business. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're talking about the Jose Fernandez boat accident. A few years ago, my husband woke me up in the morning and uh, he was weeping and I was I was startled. I was like, why? Are, uh, what, what happened? And he said, a baseball player died. And this was the morning where we found out that Jose Fernandez had gone in a boat accident. I, I, I'm not a a baseball fan. But Jose Fernandez was a Cuban baseball player and it took place in Miami and he was very dear to the Miami people. And so when this happened, it felt like everyone on all of my feeds all around me was devastated and it really affected a, a lot of family members and friends. So I just remember being so destroyed after this accident. So let's get started. Jose Delfin Fernandez Gomez was a Cuban-born American professional baseball pitcher. He played in the major leagues for the Miami Marlins from 2013 until his death in 2016. He was well-liked, beloved by his team members, baseball fans, and the city of Miami. In the early morning hours of September 25, 2016, the boat Fernandez was traveling on struck a jetty near Miami Beach while going over 65 miles per hour. The Marlins pitcher and two friends, Emilio Jesus Macias and Eduardo Rivero, were found dead after the boat was discovered near South Point Beach on Government Cut. The three men who were ejected from the boat during the crash died from blunt force trauma and drowning. Fans worldwide mourned his death. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. He was affectionately known as Nino by his teammates and fans due to the youthful exuberance with which he played the game. Nino is Spanish for the boy. Fernandez tried to defect Cuba three times but failed, and all three attempts ended in prison terms. At the age of 15, on his fourth attempt to defect, his mom fell off the boat and Fernandez jumped into the water to save her. This time, they made it to the States and eventually settled in Tampa, Florida. Fernandez, his mother, and his grandmother, whom the Marlins helped bring to the U.S. from Cuba in 2013, were practically inseparable. They were regulars at the iconic Cuban restaurant Versailles in Miami. They always sat at table 91 and usually ordered the criollo, a sampler platter. Fernandez's girlfriend was pregnant with his daughter at the time of his death. He'd announced it five days before. Those who died on the boat were Fernandez's friend, Eduardo Rivera. He was 25 years old. 
His acquaintance, Emilio Jesus Macias, was 27, and Fernandez was only 24 years old. Ah, let's all have a collective sigh. (sighs) (laughs) Uh, So with us today is returning guest and one of my best friends, Adam Lustig. I'm one of your best friends? Yeah. Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am proud to say, I'm so thrilled to be back. Thank you very much for having me. You bring me in for the boat stuff. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm the boat. I'm the You're boat the nautical expert. expert. I'm the nautical guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's because you have glasses. That's right. And I can see what's out at sea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a little worried, though, because I, I don't want to throw you under the bus, Adam. Toss me. Toss me right under. You are, Adam is bald. Very. And uh, when you're out on a boat, you got to make sure to put sunscreen on your head. Sunscreen and a hat. And Both. a hat. I take That's double right. precaution. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sunscreen and a hat so that then I sweat and the sunscreen gets into my eyes, um, mm-hmm. and which is a new problem. Yeah. And that's why I need the glasses. <laughs> so it's all But that's also why you're perfect for this podcast, because I know that you use that sunscreen, and no, I, I know do. that you wear that hat. I am cautious. That's right. I'm cautious. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also with us is uh, fact checker Chris Smith today. Hello, everyone. Hello, Chris. As always, our producer, Amanda. Here to help. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> Chris, we're so lucky to have you today because you actually know a lot about baseball, as, as do yeah, you, Adam, not, right? not quite as much as Chris. I'm a baseball, I'm a baseball enthusiast. Chris is a, a fan. He's a yeah, true fan. Yeah, a big fan. Yeah. I'm a fan and enthusiast, and but I'm not a statistician, so I, you know, if I get anything wrong, please write in and, and correct me. So I'll just take you through the career stats and try and put a little context to it. Great. So Jose Fernandez, he had four years in Major League Baseball. Wow. His, when he was 20, uh, 21, 22, and 23. Um, one of those years in 2014, he got Tommy John surgery, which essentially put him on the sideline for about mm. a full year. So... He kind of played a half a year in 2014 and a half a year in 2015. Yeah. So in essence, he's he's sort of played three full years of Major League Baseball. Can However, I ask what is Tommy John surgery? Sure. So Tommy John surgery is a very common surgery mm-hmm. where they take out your tendon in your elbow. Oh, it's elbow. Elbow surgery. Sure and this happens to pitchers a lot, right? Well, they yes. they And they, what they do is they put in a, a fake sort of synthetic tendon tendon oh, in wow. your in mm-hmm. your elbow and the reason is i think it's because it's just pitching is a very unnatural motion <laughs> yeah. it's like nobody should be pitching throwing something that hard that, that hard often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's named after the uh fame the first guy who got it was a pitcher famous pitcher named tommy john now that he was pretty young to get tommy john surgery right not, he died when he was twenty four. Yes, but you'd be surprised. There are a lot of a lot of pitchers are getting just getting Tommy John surgery out of the like way. Preemptive, preemptive. Yeah, preemptive. Like Do you it done feel like college. that's cheating? Well, I mean, you're, you're getting a robot arm. <laughs> it's a little bit of a robotic insertion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, is, how are yes. we all not talking about this? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's it. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 definitely a gray area, but it's certainly not de- been determined as cheating by Major League Baseball. Mm, I'll bring it to their attention. But you bring it. We should write an email. After we can, this. So we yeah. can call yeah, yeah. We can call Joe Torrey and get him on the line <laughs> yes. and ask him if shouldn't Tommy John surgery. Be First, illegal? I'm gonna have to Google Joe, Joe, Joe Torrey. Torrey. But, <laughs> but so, sure. So about the stats. Yeah. So in those four years. Um, he started 76 games. He had a 38 and 17 record, which is really, awesome. really good. He had a 2.58 ERA, also excellent. His whip is 
1.05, excellent. And his Ks and innings pitched um, is, so 471 innings pitched and 589 strikeouts. Outrageous. Which is really good. And striking out everybody. It amounts to like 11.8 or something Ks per nine innings. Mm. So if he were to pitch a full complete game, which is nine innings, he would strike out 11 batters on average on which is average a which is a ton a stunning amount well, so that he's uh he accomplished a lot in these three years if for he, sure you know. put it this put it this way he was definitely one of the most exciting young baseball right. players in the game by a long shot and uh how well were the marlins doing when he was on their roster not badly great okay. badly. I so think that- so let that be known that good spot. feature good features good, good features good features yeah. won't get your wings yeah, yeah. Well, um, baseball is definitely a team spark. yeah that's right yes so thank you for that chris also yeah. of note and i can go into is he was actually a halfway decent Hitter on his yes. on his on his in in 2016, I believe he hit 250, which is like almost league average. And for pitchers, aren't for supposed pitchers, to be yeah, that that's good. Not, yeah, and he like don't. hit home runs sometimes. Yes, he would like hit home runs hit which for is some power. Really anomalous for a pitcher. And not just that, but he was also a very charming and good-looking guy. Yeah, that, oh God, I think was... he was like full of ver- zhuzh yeah. and verve and joie de vivre. Well, there was this <laughs> great article that I, I uh, Chris hooked me up with yeah. um, on Yahoo Sports. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it just talked about how he was he was so confident too. Yeah, he was a really confident guy when he got scouted. I think that he, from what I read from the article, he the the scout the baseball scout was there to look at another baseball player and he just like went up to them was like you gotta you gotta look at me yeah 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 you know, just me, the, though. The <laughs> me i'm better he just seemed like a, a big personality yeah yes. and he was also kind of and maybe you'll get into this but he was also like kind of physically lo- wasn't he like six like i feel like he was like a big boy especially for a pitcher i feel like he was oh, sort of a I don't six have that three two forty my... that's a big oh, guy he's a big boy Especially for yeah. a pitcher. I mean, like, that's yep. a, all muscle, I'm assuming. All muscle, yeah. all muscle and charm. He was yeah. a thoroughbred yeah. by every by every measure. Yeah. But, I mean, so a huge loss yeah. to MLB and, and the Marlins. Uh, and, and, Miami. I think, and I think a lot of friends, he, he apparently had a lot of friends and yeah. he was very beloved. Yes. So let's get started figuring out who we're going to blame for this tragedy yeah. because it's a very. Uh, difficult one way more complex than you know some of you might just think yes so let's start by talking about the the events that transpired that night and this article is really good if you guys want to check it out it's called the tragic final night of jose fernandez's life Mm. it takes you through the night from the perspective of will bernal who's a friend of one of the the victims eddie rivero so bernal steps outside and he takes a call from his friend, Rivero. Rivero's friend, Jose Fernandez, had asked him to go for a late night ride on a 32-foot fishing boat into the wee hours of Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Jose Fernandez has, had played a game on Saturday night. Uh-huh. And he was supposed to play on Sunday, but then found out that he wasn't. He was not going to start on Sunday. He was going to start on Monday. So he decided that he wanted to go on the boat mm-hmm. that night. This sounded bad, according <laughs> to Bernal. <laughs> Bernal had ridden on a boat at night once, and I am also from Miami. I have ridden a boat at night, have and you? it is one of the most terrifying things. Having done that before, I will say that I 
it, on a small boat. I will say that ever since I did that, I've always been extremely aware of making sure that whoever's driving plans the time out so that we don't have you don't get stuck we're in before dark that's right yeah it's a big deal it's a a really big deal because there are no you know think about it there's no street lamps yes you know it's just pitch black and you have your little light on your boat and that's all you got and that's all you got and the moonlight and yeah. you hope you have enough gas to take you <laughs> yeah, back. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. you hope you don't get lost. Yeah. You know, because all of these people who are riding driving these boats aren't like commer it's not a commercial captain. Yes. You know, it's it's someone who just got a, a boat yeah. and, a, and a boating license who and it's not that hard to get. Yeah. So uh, the okay, so Bernal says that it's not a good idea. It's terrifying. Not it's not just the darkness, but the choppy waves from the rain earlier in the day, and the threat of other boats, and the objects that obscure uh, that were obscured by the night. Yeah. So Bernal says, I told him it was a horrible idea. Do everything you can to get him off the boat. Do whatever you can to get him on land. Oh. So according to Bernal, Fernandez was upset and just wanted to get away. That's what Rivero had told Bernal, mm. and he loved boating. So he wasn't going to judge. Bernal tried to reason with Rivero. Bernal had lost one friend already, and he didn't want to bury another, man, is what he oh said. Man. Surely Fernandez's gloom, Bernal said, had to be fleeting. So uh, this is Fernandez's friend as well that they had lost recently. Man. So everyone was really sad about this friend who had passed. He said, both of you guys have a bright future and whatever uh, he's stressed about today, he won't remember a week from now. This is Bernal telling Rivero to tell Fernandez. Sounds like a wise perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So the following that I'll read is yeah. a text uh-huh. exchange between Eddie Rivero uh-huh. and Bernal. So at 12.07... Bernal says, yo, please be careful, bro. Rivero replies, I will, bro. Bernal, a minute later, says, try to keep him close to shore if you go out. Rivero writes, trust me, it's not my time yet. Bernal says, I know, but just keep Jose cool. Tell him what I said. Rivero says, I know. Then Bernal says, turn in your find iPhone app. And then he corrects himself and he says, on. Okay. And he says, Rivero says, it's on. Then Bernal says, dale, which means go ahead, as we know from Pitbull. Dale, keep me in the loop. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you guys need me to meet up with you guys to cool down for support, let me know. Sweet Bernal. I know. What a sweetheart. So it's uh, then it's 12, 13 a.m. The text stop. Bernal says he started to track the boat and he was nervous that the dot would stop moving. So Bernal has a a bad feeling about this. Around 2 a.m., it stops, and it stops at the American Social Restaurant and Bar. So it's like a it's it's like a bar yeah. on the along the Miami River. Yep, where you can literally dock your boat. Cool. And whatever. sounds fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, above the restaurant is Neo Vertica Condominium Building. Okay. And that's where Emilio Macias, he's the other victim mm-hmm. on the boat mm-hmm. um he, that's where he lived and he was a friend of rivero's who had never actually met fernandez okay so bernal checked in with rivero and he said that they were docking the boat and waiting for macias uh-huh. to come down at 2 a.m this is 2 a.m which is actually owl, kind man. of early for miami uh, i guess this is like the miami nightlife thing it's like it kicks up at 2 a.m yeah. it's well, dinner time you don't start yeah. you don't leave the house till midnight yeah, yeah you start getting ready at 11 at 11 yeah you know 2 a.m dinner you start and then like the after parties from 4 to 6 a.m yeah, yeah and you yeah. get home at 6 30 yeah 
<laughs> and that's yeah. and then you go to sleep until I don't know two in the afternoon, <laughs> and then you repeat it all over. Yeah. You go to your grandma's house, you have lunch, lunch. you have some uh, arroz siesta. con pollo, yeah, 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 pastelitos. and then yeah. <laughs> some pastelitos, yeah. and then you do it all you over. Do it again. all over, yeah. So he told Bernal that everything was cool, and then around three a.m., Bernal stopped tracking the boat. And he fell asleep. <sighs> and that was the last he heard until Oof. he woke up the next morning. Oh. The text exchange is very haunting. It's not my time. He said it's not my time. And very uh, just a credit to uh, Jeff Passan, who wrote that article, which is such an incredible perspective. Yes. Yeah, really. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just a really, I, I, I can't recommend this article. Yeah. I have so many questions. It makes me think of so many things, not not least of which, like I don't want to I don't want to no, jump please. the gun here, but it, not least of which is like, what are the nautical traffic laws? Like you can just take a boat out literally twenty four hours a day. Like that's yeah. like there's no. I guess why it's would like there you can be? drive. You can drive at any yeah, hour. Yeah, I night. guess so. It's um, it's not illegal. But when you're driving, there are streets and there are roads and there are street signs and lamp posts and traffic police. And granted, there are boat police, I guess. Yeah, the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard, yeah. But it's just like the uh, – it's just dawning on me now like the degree to which boat travel, especially considering how dangerous it is at night, is fairly unregulated. It's just like kind of – Hope for the yes, best. Take it, whatever. Like, there's not a differentiation between small boats, big boats, motor boats. Not. Mo- it's just like it's just like a big soup of boat, and hope it works. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> it's true. I, I mean, whenever I go sailing with my uncle Ray, if he's like, take the wheel. If I see a boat that's even, it's like a mile away. Yeah. If it's coming right at me, I, I start to panic. Yeah, like, where do I go? What, are what the, do I what do? Are the rules? Yeah. But I think it's just like. 
you go to the right. Like that's just yeah, the law. Yeah, well, that's the <laughs> thing about yeah. uh, sailing <laughs> or right uh, driving boats right. is that uh, uh, common sense is important. Critically be- important. Yes. It seems like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that that can't be a problem as we know with humanity. Yeah, you know, yeah. Humans common aren't sense. the most. Don't really use that. Yeah. Um, it's not taught. Let's say. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and like you're saying, the darkness is just like everything is just like eight thousand percent more dangerous. It's like you can't see. And yes, like you said, like your little like boat light, and that's what you got. And like maybe a floodlight on top of the boat, but. Right. Man, oh man, scary, pitch black out and there. And you just hope that the people know the path. Exactly. I think a lot of it is uh, <laughs> retracing um, steps. So remembering where things are, because you've probably seen them in the daylight, yes. and then hoping that you remember it yeah. when it's night. But that's it a just, risky business. It just seems like you're leaving so much up to, like you said, like fl- uh, poor flawed humans and our like our our intuitions towards safety which are wishy-washy at best yeah speedboating in miami is an alarmist's nightmare oh my god (laughs) that's why i I will never i am not a huge fan of jet skis or wave runners yeah Mm -hmm. um it's to me the they're the motorcycles of the ocean amen amen and and motorcycles are extremely dangerous death wish you have Um, a death wish yeah and, and and just imagine like someone taking a motorcycle up a notch. Yes. And creating a jet ski and and there are no rules. Yes. And there's no way to control that uh the you know there's it, it's not like there's jet ski lanes yes. in the ocean. Yes. Like and, a bike lane. Right. And it, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying like no differentiation between size of vehicle or anything. Also, when you're driving, it's just like and granted I'm sure you have to get a boating license and that requires a test I would hope I'm sure. <laughs> but like when you're driving, right? And if I'm like drunk, I'm like, "Oh, somebody take the wheel." That re- at least requires the steps of like we have to pull over to the side of the road, put the car in park, we have to get up. There's like get out and like sort of switch seats. There's a bit of like a step by step premeditation it takes a few steps like chris is saying on a boat it's almost just like hey take grab the wheel grab it and all of a sudden like an unlicensed teen can just like now all of a sudden be driving the boat like almost in a split second it's just like the margin for error is so great well uh and, and, and there are also no seatbelts. no seatbelts. i've never been on a boat that has a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah i don't know about you yeah just anyway Seems real dangerous. <laughs> okay, so I have a good idea about this and who I want to start putting up on the board. And we're going to start putting people up on the board after this quick break. So off, just off the bat, do you want to put up maybe um, our – just like our – desire to go sailing like humans uh a fascination with boating yeah like nautical curiosity at all yeah <laughs> but just like night like nauticaling at night just yes. seems like just like boating at night night boating night boating don't and like i'm all for like a nut the miami you're from miami you know it intimately but like this miami night life the night begins at midnight but I mean. boats, when you mix that sort of party, sort of like partying mentality with alcohol, et cetera, yeah. with boats, boats are wildly dangerous. <laughs> they are. In in high school, we had to take like a boating safety class. Oh, great. Um, because I think boating is so such a big part of the yeah. culture in Miami. Yeah. And one of the big takeaways was don't drink and boat. That's like their whole like slogan. Yes. <laughs> but I would say don't night and boat. Yeah. So why don't we put and of course we just have to we have yeah. to put Jose Fernandez up on the board. 
Yeah, yeah. I had a question for our baseball expert, Chris, if you don't mind. Okay, go on. Which was, so we're talking September 25th, so the regular season isn't quite over. Right. So are we assuming that he had, like, just pitched his last game? Here's here's the curious thing. So he had maybe one, maybe two starts left to the season, probably only one. Yes. And the... The game that he was pushed back to was yes. going to be on Monday, and that game was going to be against the Mets yes. because the Mets were a contender, and the Marlins wanted to put up their best pitcher to pitch against the team trying to get into the playoffs so they can try and um, play um, play spoiler. Yes. So that, that's why Mattingly said, okay, you're not pitching tomorrow on Sunday. You're pitching on Monday. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. That that brings up sort of some of that I uh, something I would like to put on the board, which yeah. would be professional sports pettiness. If the Marlins weren't <laughs> so petty that they just wanted to spoil the Mets season, yeah, then they like, wouldn't have pushed their ace back a day, wouldn't have given him the night off. It's just like that sort of like that that sort of like which is common in sports of just like a, a crappy team just just out of pettiness <laughs> wanting to ruin a better team season. Well, I, 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 well why don't we call it? Spoiler culture. Spoiler culture. Spoiler culture. <laughs> well, there's. I mean, yeah. it sort of also plays into um, baseball's sort of one of these baseball's unspoken rules, which is like in baseball etiquette, it's generally like the manager will try and sort of towards the end of the year when the games get meaningless, they try and actually play hard against teams that are going into the playoffs. Yeah. So it's for the good of the league. Mm. So it's sort of like a baseball etiquette Got it. thing. To like season up the Mets. For the playoffs, is that the idea? That like we're well, gonna really give you a ch- even though we're bad, we're gonna give you a challenge to get you tuned up for the playoffs. It's 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 just so they're they're not a pushover Got for it. the Mets. Yeah. And so for it's in sort of like the it's sort of for fairness's sake. Yeah. For the, for the rest of the league, the other teams in the league that are vying for the same playoff spot yes. that the Mets are playing for. Yes. That's the. That's what they're going for. Okay. And not to be a hall monitor here, but I know that like pro athlete, like professional sports is like multi-billion dollar industry. Like Jose Fernandez's contract was probably millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yes. So like there's not a, forgive me, curfew, like curfew situation. Like these players are like, you're allowed to just like go out you're at right. boat at 3 a.m. It's a free country situation. It's a free country situation. situation. So I can, I'm Jose Fernandez. I'm like a million dollar asset to the Marlins. And also I can just like go out till all hours of the night because I'm an adult. And right. I'm, okay, uh, so let's put no curfews up on the board. Like no, no curfews. curfews in MLB. I mean, I guess lack not. Of, I'm, lack of curfew. Uh, yeah. And maybe I'm just, maybe I've been warped by like the LeBron Jamesification of sports where it's like he's so, like, I just maybe, maybe my assumption is wrong, which is that all pro athletes are like super disciplined and like live clean and like go to sleep early and like, and like, dead, uh, and are, because to me that's what it requires to be a pro athlete, but, but maybe not all. Obviously not all. Yeah. And, Baseball is different because pitchers only work every once a week or whatever. So maybe right. the standards are a bit different. Look, but we can't control if people love the nightlife. And they, they love like the nightlife. They like that boogie. <laughs> they love that nightlife. <laughs> they love to boogie. And who am I to harsh as mellow? But no. bummer. But we should. Okay, so this should be said that according to autopsy and tox, uh, toxicology reports yeah. obtained, um, Marlins pitcher Jose Fernandez had cocaine in his system and was yeah. legally drunk yeah. when he was killed in the boating accident. Yeah. The report from the Miami-Dade County Medical Examiner Department showed that uh, cocaine and multiple other substances were detected in his blood. Fernandez had a blood alcohol content of 0.147, which is nearly twice the legal limit. You're drunk. When the boat crashed. You're drunk, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink in boat. His two friends did not... 
Uh, their toxicology reports show that neither was past the blood alcohol legal limit. Interesting. Though they did find cocaine in Rivero's blood. Okay. That was the the friend. Interesting. Interesting. So he, Jose, was drunkest. He was the drunkest. They were all maybe doing cocaine, or at least him and his one buddy were doing coke. Yeah. And Jose was the drunkest. He was the drunkest. And um, the the bodies, this is, I read this on an ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, The bodies had a strong odor of alcohol on them when they were covered by the divers, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating that alcohol, that they could smell that. Still smell it, kind of? Yeah. That's weird. Um, And the investigators found evidence that the boat was speeding when it slammed into the jetty. According to search warrant affidavit, the affidavit said that officials had recovered a receipt from uh, for alcohol from American Social, from which the is the bar, bar yep. uh, where the trio had been there yep. before the crash. Yep. And uh, Fernandez's fingerprint and DNA were found on the steering wheel. Sure. And his DNA was also found on the throttle of uh-huh. the 32-foot vessel. And were the other... But, uh, but sorry, I forget the name, Rivero uh-huh. and the Macias? guy that lives above the restaurant. Uh, that uh, Rivero Macias. And Macias. So was their DNA also found on the wheel or at the thing? So, but it the- does, no, it was determined that uh, Fernandez was at the wheel. Was at the wheel. Yes. Bummer. That's like, that's what the forensic toxicology revealed. Was that like he was driving? Um, what I recall from that article that I read was that yeah. Bernal had been with him on. He loved to go fishing at night. Hmm. He, I forget there was a certain fish that he liked to to fish, and it was best caught at night. So they had gone on fishing expeditions with captains, yes. people who would lead these yes. uh, fishing trips, yes. who were you know experienced yes. at doing that. Yes. And Bernal no, knew that Fernandez didn't really have uh, a lot of experience behind the wheel. Bummer. But he did have this boat. Now, it's unclear if he was the one who had, if it was his boat that he had purchased or if it was a a boat that he rented. I know that the boat's name was Caught Looking with a K. Caught Looking (laughs) is a picture. I get it. I get it. You get it because I didn't. (laughs) Caught Looking is, is a term where it's a pitcher throws a pitch and the batter doesn't swing and it's a strike. And oh. so the batter was like caught looking at the pitch. He didn't oh. even take a swing at it is the idea. Okay. Yeah. So that's very smart. Yeah, that's, that's very, very witty. And maybe spelled with a K because strikeout, because I would assume. Because yeah, yeah. K is for strikeout. So yeah. I'm assuming it was his boat. Sounds like it's his boat. Yeah, it really sounds. <laughs> <laughs> that feels pretty damning. The evidence yeah. is pointing in that yes. direction. So uh, Bernal knew that Jose... Fernandez wasn't necessarily an experienced boat pilot. Yeah, that's why he was like, "Don't go out at night." Man, oh man. Yeah, listen I, to I have your a quick most question. worried friend. Did he often go out at night on the boat? I may have missed this, or was this no. kind of a first? This was a first. He did not. I, I don't know if it was a first first, but he. I think the combination of the situation, which was that he was distraught about something, he was clearly drinking. It was late at night. Yeah, uh, he was doing drugs. Yes. It, it it's painful to put Jose Fernandez on the on the blame board. Yeah, it's painful to do. It is. He is de- he is deceased. He's not here to defend himself, but <laughs> he was high and wasted and yeah. driving a boat at sixty five miles an hour near rocks at night, drunk. Yes, and we should talk about this uh, jetty thing. Yeah, great so, word. 
I, I read. Great word. <laughs> <laughs> really pleasing mouthfeel. This, I, I'm familiar, I'm actually familiar with this area yeah. where the accident Are you? happened. Well, it's right outside of the port of Miami, uh-huh. and what what it looks like are these. Um, if you guys don't know, it's like a, a jetty is like it sticks out. I guess some of them could be like docks, yes. like long docks that stick out. Um, but this one in particular is made out of rock, so rocks. it's not like used right. for anything. But what it, it what it does is, is kind of like creates a lane for the cruise ships, well, yeah, and cargo sense. ships sure. that are going into the port. Okay, got it. Now. This particular okay, so I, I I'm obsessed with looking at the map and the trajectory yeah. of where the boat yeah. was looking. Um, if if you guys like Google a map of you know uh, Google Maps Port of Miami, yeah. you can uh, listen along. So he's coming from a so American Social, which yep. is on the Miami River near Brickell. So let's say like uh south of South Beach, okay, south of the port, okay. Southwest of the port. Okay. And the boat goes east. Okay. It leaves the river and it has to go around the port. You know, he, you keep the port on uh, the left yep. side and then you have to go around Fisher Island. Yep. And then you have to also, it's so it's like a really wide left turn that needs to be done. I follow you. And these two, je- two lanes, yeah. two jetties, there's yeah. two of them. They don't end at the exact point. Mm. So the southern jetty is shorter than the northern jetty, mm. which means that you he cut past the first jetty. Mm-hmm. And, and he just assumed that the other one was just as long. And he assumed that the other one was just mm-hmm. as long. And um, if, if you see the photos, I mean, it's, it's near the tip yeah. of that northern. Oh, God. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you are itching to blame uneven jetty construction. <laughs> or so like, uh, you know. What I don't you, know. Who Whatever. the designer, uh, yeah, jetty designer. This, it's yeah, like the, uh, government cut. Is yeah, that, I was I think wondering what that was. Cut. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> I know it was built in like 1912. Maybe fact checker um, can uh, check it out. <laughs> government cut. I think it's built 1912. Okay. Anyway. Whatever the decision, whatever this designer, I'm not, I'm sure there's a reason. They're, they're not the same. That they're not they're the not. same. But to me, it's, and if you're an like inexperienced boater. Yeah. And you don't know that. Yes. You can, and, and that particular part of, yes. of the ocean, of the bay, it is not well lit. I was just going to so, ask. So like the river, for instance, yes. where there's bars and night, like that you see there, there's a lot of lights. But once you leave, Fisher Island is like kind of like a sleepy island. It's like, there's not a lot. And I ask because I don't, so there's not even like, say like a lamppost on the end of the jetty to be like, here's the end of the jetty boaters. There is not. There is not. We can, we can talk about, okay. Rebecca. So. <laughs> you gotta put a, a, a light at the end of the jetty. You got. <laughs> <laughs> light no the light end at the, the end jetty. Of the jetty. Yeah. So U.S. Coast Guard officials said that they were going to examine lighting at the South Beach jetty where the boat crash happened. But ultimately, Coast Guard concluded that the existing marker along the channel flanked by the jetty at government cut are enough to keep it safe and well, navi- navigable. 
The captain of the Port of Miami has determined that the existing aids that mark safe navigation through the channel, which can include color-coded lighted buoys. Yeah, but that's... And lighted range markers to be sufficient. I don't know if it is, Mr. Coast Guard. I would even go ahead and I would want to throw the Coast Guard up on the blame board. Well, but this is an interesting thing. It is stated that no commercial vessels have ever crashed on the jetties. In the past five years. Got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. But so, no commercial pilot has been shit-faced out of his mind. I want to make sure that the jetty designers are up on the board. Come on. And- I couldn't find any jetty designers, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I, I couldn't find any designers, but it was built in 1905. Wow. Okay. Um, it was uh, by the U.S. Congress. It was being given wow. to Com- Committee on Rivers and Harbors of the U.S. House of Representatives. Wow. Well, Probably because it was for for the port. Yeah. yeah, it was for the port. So he has to take a super wide left. He's coming from to from picking up his second buddy. Bernal's already fell asleep. It's the middle of the damn night, yeah. so he's not really babysitting them. It's from, post three a.m. It's post three a.m. Yeah. Now I just want to still again not that late in Miami. Not that late. That's the middle of the day. That's <laughs> noon. That's Miami noon. Is That's the middle of the night. Night. Yeah. Yeah. For them. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to, and again, uh, I don't know if you plan to get into this in more depth, but I want to sort of try to get into his psychology for a minute, like this this notion of him being distraught. Because I'm also putting this in context of five days previous, his girlfriend, they, they like made this announcement that she's pregnant. The season's about to end. He's a big shot pitcher. It's like, I, I wonder about his mentality in, on this night. I mean, I also like, he's also 24 years old and 24 year olds like go out to party at 2 a.m. And that's just like, he's a young man in Miami. So like, that's right. part of the culture and lifestyle. But I just wonder if it was like, is this a is this actually a celebratory boat ride? Like another season in the books and like I have a kid on the way and yeah. I don't think it was. No. Based on the text messages, it looked like he was, he was upset. Troubled. And there was the recent death of his buddy. It, and I don't know, you maybe you can speak to this more than I can, but when you find out that you're pregnant, and it wasn't like they were married, it's so stressful. I'm I'm assuming that it's it, it was maybe a surprise. Interesting, yeah, stress. You tell me about what might one might experience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, overwhelm and worry and stress and wanting to avoid and wanting to uh, uh, get away. <laughs> yeah, so it yeah, kind of I can imagine. The, yeah, yeah, that does track. I suppose. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I'm finding here that he. Um, it was in a fight with his girlfriend. Okay. And oh, that why, was why the emotional distress? Okay. Oh my god. Going to blow off some steam on the on the water. You know, now that you say that, I kind of recall man that uh, reading that uh, when yeah. it, when it happened. Yeah. And this is just the first thing that came up when I googled it, and unfortunately, it's from foxnews.com, but it yes. does yes. say that he was in a fight with his girlfriend that night, okay. and that's why he wanted to blow off steam. Okay. okay. That all. That all. This is all tracking. That all makes sense. I just I'll, had a. Wild- no, I, I I wouldn't be quick to, uh, you know, Fox News is trying to blame the girl. Yeah, 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 right, of right, right. That's, that's one of their favorite. That's one of their favorite tropes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. So take yeah. that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I think. Look, substance abuse. We, it's we know that he was intoxicated. Yeah, the lawyer alleged a lot of things. Yes. during court, he said that he was framed. Framed. Um. Yeah. Um. <laughs> How would that, know. how, like, framed by the... I don't know, framed like someone put Coke in his, I don't oh, know. Oh, like spiked one of his drinks with <laughs> cocaine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't really speculate about, like, his, like, mental yeah, health yes. at the time. Right. But... Just trying to get um, into his head about, like, on this particular night. A fight with a girlfriend, pre- newly pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. So, Malin, who is... Mm-hmm. Um, 
our ERIO's assistant and coordinator, she brought this up, to, brought this to my attention. She said that, you know, maybe his defection story sounds highly traumatic and that you have to wonder what that does to someone's psyche and coping strategies Absolutely. as they move on through life. That is, uh, move on through a life that is tough on anyone, fame, spotlight at a young age, etc. Absolutely. I actually had another thought about that, which was, um, and like, so that, that defecting from Cuba to Florida, they tried three times in his mm-hmm. young life, failed. Yes. The fourth time was a success. His mom went overboard. He had to rescue her. He's 15 years old, yes. rescuing his drowning mother from on this traumatic, absolutely traumatic. It also made me think like that his experience, like his association or his like relationship to like risky boat travel is right. or, like risky water, risky water travel is different than that is like a little warped or something like he has sort of a perhaps kind of a fatalistic sort of like boats are life and death like it's kind of like a a a a, not even a catastrophic but just a yeah like numb to the dangers of water travel is what Mm. i'm trying to say yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i i i it didn't say specifically how his you know boat traveling defecting cuba yeah but what I know from people who I know yes. who have gone through this yeah. and, and just like is that it's it's a dangerous boat ride. Yeah. A lot of people die yeah. leaving Cuba. And we should explain to our listeners like the reason Cubans, you know, of C- Cuba, communist country, a lot of poverty, a lot of problems, not a lot of freedoms. Um and chance for upward mobility in yes, any way. Yeah. There's a, a, a people, you know, have are are Dying to get, literally, literally dying yeah. to get out. Right. And so they all create, you know, it, you're lucky if you have a boat. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, this, they they come on rafts. Yeah. They come on whatever they can find. Right. And the idea is that there's this, we have this um, wet foot, dry foot policy. So the goal is to make it to land. And if you touch American soil, then you are given asylum. Yes. And, but if you're caught on the on the water by the Coast Guard, then you're brought back to Cuba. And this is what I'm assuming happened those first Got three it. times. Because when they catch you, they return you. And of course, the Cuban government puts you in prison. Right. And all of these three times that he defected were under, he was under the age of 15. He's a child. Because the fourth time that he succeeded. He's 15. He's 15. He's a child. Yeah. To me, it just like skew a like, again, I'm, I'm like putting the psychological pieces together. It just seems like that would just skew and warp your sense of dan- like danger, especially as it relates, particularly as it relates to like water, water, water danger, or like yeah. water travel or something. So can we put his, I mean, we could blame Castro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But surely, though, it's just like the sort of the the unfortunate migration mechanism that exists from this Cuba to Florida, you know, that dangerous journey, that dangerous pathway. What do what are we going to put on the board here? Because I'm, uh, of course, I'm dying to put Castro up just for personal Toss reasons. Toss him up there. <laughs> Toss him up there. Pin him to the wall. Let's get him. Now's the time. Let's get him. But well, we can also uh, put his trauma, like his, uh, Jose Fernandez's, like, uh, trauma, you know. Uh, migration trauma. Migration trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if you didn't have Castro and his brand of socialism. Uh, communism. Com- communism. You you might have a better relationship with the with America and there might be a safer passage for exactly. players to come into Cuba like for example in the Dominican Republic there's a whole system where um MLB 
has a has a whole sort of uh, farm system in the Dominican Republic, and there are all kinds of regulations and um, right. and, and it is regulated. And yeah, you're saying like, that yeah. this it's is safer. connected to him wanting to be a baseball pro- player, trying to come here. Yes, I'm talking about baseball players. I guess that was what his goal was. He started playing baseball in Cuba, so um, yeah. he would have wanted to give himself the best opportunity as a player, exactly. and that's why maybe he he took that risk. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Totally. And you can also blame, in a way, America's like uh, foreign policy position on, mm-hmm. on Cuba. Absolutely. Like, why, are, why are we such – why don't we allow for sort of like um, – I don't know what you would call that, but just like more free travel yeah. and trade. I think you travel. could blame Cold War cold, – lingering Cold War resentment. Just like <laughs> lingering right, resentment from the from the Cold War of the, from the fifties, you know what I mean? Of like why we're so so sticky about Cuba? Why we're like blame Kennedy? Yeah. Kennedy. Well, what do we have on the board uh, uh, in this past yeah, section? Let's, let's Did we put Castro this. up? So <laughs> Rebecca, as a personal I vendetta, I just want to make sure yeah. we put Castro up. Okay, there's definitely so far on the board for sure. There is night boating, Jose Fernandez. Castro. And now there's a couple of mentions that I haven't officially put up. Um, I want to go through these with you. So one is no curfew, which to me is a little watered down. Yeah, it's okay, a little watered I'm down. Just gonna we, say. we can skip that one. Now there's Jetty Designers, which is very specific. And I m- might suggest expanding that one maybe to like the city of Miami. Yeah. Because like, whose responsibility is that? Like, yeah, right. I'm, I don't know. Some municipal, like, whatever that, like, yeah, exactly, like, the Department of, like, Fish and Wildlife, whatever. Uh, I, it, yes, it is. It's the, well, it's the U.S. Coast Guard. They're the ones who are, would be doing the examining of yeah. the jetty. But yeah. I say with that, like, it's the Coast Guard represents the jetty design to okay. me. I'm with okay, you there. Then let's put that. I'm with you. And they're the ones who are saying it's safe. Right. Which clearly it is because. But he was going to find a way to crash that Maybe so. It seems to me. Yes. Like, it just seems like he was out to self-destruct. You think so? You think it was a suicide? I don't think it was a suicide. I just think he was... That every step of his... Every decision he made that night was heading toward self-destruction. And people around him seem to have known that. And what about this? What about this? And, And I mean, you know me. I'm always for this. It's the the... When when people are okay, this is what I'm for. Alarmism. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, we're okay. all for that here. Yeah, and yeah. uh so w- I read this in the article that Rivero was the reason he knew Fernandez was because his girlfriend was friends with Fernandez's girlfriend. Okay. And Rivero it was uh uh not a wealthy guy right. he had just started a job at carnival cruise lines cool which you know a lot of people that i know <laughs> yeah it's yeah. not a super well-paying job but you know very respectable yep, in yep, miami yep. and so he's he's very working class yeah so my point is he's friends with this guy who's got more fame and it's it's this Enablers. Yes, man. Absolutely. Enablers. And, and you can tell that Rivero wanted to do something, yeah. but maybe he just didn't feel like he was in a position to stop him. Yes. And that is so devastating. It's tragic. Yeah, it is. And I think you're right. Like pro. And I guess this is what I, I certainly am not angling in any way to put 
all I meant by the curfew was I'll just relay one quick anecdote like these about how like protected I imagine some of these athletes are. Um, I went to NBA Summer League one year, which is like uh, in between seasons, all the pro basketball players, especially the rookies and like the young 19, 20, 21 year olds go to like play. And the this is a few years ago, and like the number one draft pick, like the Jose Fernandez of the NBA this year, was this guy Carl Anthony Towns, and he was at the summer leagues in Vegas every year, Vegas, which is you know like the Miami of the West, yeah. <laughs> and like like he is in Vegas, and uh, and we're there watching all the games, and we were at one of the casinos late at night, and he's nineteen, the number one pick in the draft, just signed like a two hundred million dollar contract, and we saw him in the uh, casino of the Caesar's Palace or whatever it was, and he was literally sandwiched, literally. Phys- he's seven feet tall. He was literally physically sandwiched between his mother and his agent were sitting on either side. And the energy was like, you're not going anywhere. Like you are a not like your career is just beginning. You're not, if you think oh, we're going to let you go out and like gamble and like party in Vegas, you're mad. You are like our family's generational wealth. Right. Like you're insane. You're insane. If you think like, so just like, I guess that is just my standard for like the way that athletes are protected as sorry to say, as, as like assets, if for, no, if for no other, like to put it in yeah. like cold, Blooded capitalist terms as assets. So just the fact that Jose but, Fernandez is and the Marlins weren't more protective. And there's only so much you can do. He's an adult human being in the world. He's going to go out and drink at 2 a.m. if he wants. But still, that was argument, my only point with the My curfew. argument to that would be that when people do that, when they try and hold hold on tightly, right, that only creates True. the desire for these people to then really let loose. What is that forbidden go, fruit? Exactly. Totally. It's like totally. when you're raising a child, yeah, right? I totally. don't know. I've never raised one. But yes. This, those are my instincts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're totally right. You're totally <laughs> right. That's all I wanted to say. Just like, like that the Marlins weren't, not that players need chaperones, but just like... I don't know, in the modern day and age with the contracts as big as they are, it's like these are huge investments, if for no other reason, if in like the most impersonal, most dollar signy way. These are like Jose Fernandez was a hundred million dollar investment for the Marlins and just let him well, go I out. I wonder if they him. had insurance on him. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, I that's know. all they really care about is their money. Right. right. I mean, I, you, you don't. I mean, that's a, that's a cynical right. take. Of but, course. But yeah, I'm sure they were. I'm sure there is insurance in place. For yeah. When they sign contracts. Yeah. 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 You're probably right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like I don't know a lot about pro- professional athletes or sports, but yeah. there is a culture of like you're taking these young people um, who aren't necessarily equipped with the emotional tools to handle all of this money overnight all of this attention, all of this success. So you do have an obligation i think to to be concerned with their mental health as well as their physical health and absolutely it i don't know if this comes up a lot in the conversation around professional sports but like in my mind you you see a lot of athletes who kind of self-destruct or spiral out completely like, right is that y- yes yeah <laughs> it, and, and it and not only is it not a part of the um, culture of professional sports, but I'll bet you if you look into it, and I don't have any evidence to back this up, but the people at the top of the food chain actually prefer athletes who are not looking Ugh. looking after their mental health Definitely. and balance within their life. They just want people who are 100% dedicated to the, to the sport, willing to put their bodies on the line in, in the name of like, you know, uh, winning well i i I, that is just like disgusting and it gave me an idea (laughs) yeah for something that i want to put up on the board great 
lack of mental counseling. Definitely. In sports. Absolutely. In sports. Okay. The, that that this is we're at I feel like we are right now in 2019 a bit at a precipice for like mental health in pro sports. Yep. I think that it's changing a bit and like what Chris was just saying about um professional organizations and teams wanting the more reckless players that's particularly true less on baseball super true in football where it's like you know concussions are a danger cte is a danger these players are putting the health online and these at these rookie like combines or whatever where they're like scouting the new young players they deliberately i just read an article about they deliberately are looking for players who who show no inclination towards skepticism about the nfl and who will just throw themselves into it full force don't don't have kids to live for for example and like the nfl the the nfl much more than baseball but like i think that attitude is pervasive in sports that like just echoing what chris said they want players who will throttle full throttle commit to the sport absolutely gross um it it makes me it it just makes my hair stand up yeah and if i had hair it's on the board (laughs) so we have now five really good and i think lack of mental health resources in professional sports kind of encompasses the curfew idea yeah Yeah. totally talking about amen amen. is there a lot more rebecca (laughs) no i I think i just want to make sure that maybe we put miami nightlife just that culture (laughs) of like party likes to boogie now i i I, (laughs) they like to boogie and i respect the boogie I, uh, and I, so do i i mean uh, hey rebecca so no do one I. likes to boogie more than us <laughs> you know, well, that's true. <laughs> I, I found a quote in um the miami new times yes it was from hannah Sentinac, and she says quote miami is a town that's all about the booze our idea of a fun night out is bar hopping shot taking and beer chugging there's no better neighborhood to get our collective drink on than the party epicenter of the universe, South Beach. There you go. And she goes on to recommend the top 10 <laughs> bars and restaurants to hang out in Miami. So. But like, that's really how, that's they, true, how they have fun. It's not like, <laughs> you know, I'm from there and maybe I always felt a little bit left out because don't get me wrong. Again, I love to You love boogie. to boogie, Rebecca. I, I boogie with you. But a part of me was like, is it too much boogie? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. what? when is it too much? Yeah. And I, I have found that the cult, for instance, the culture in LA, again, some people do like to boogie really late yes, over here. Yes, yes. But it's bars diff- do close at four it's o'clock. I, I'm sorry, 2 a.m. 2 a.m., it's different. And also, the, the, it's okay to have a game night. Right. Like, in Miami. <laughs> it's like game night? You it's talking odd. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you can find your people. Do you mean game night? Like you stay in and just yeah, play like games just with... have a game night. <laughs> yes. Clearly, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're a real Miami outlier in that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it can go too far, and too far is speeding at seventy miles an hour on a speedboat at three a.m. high on cocaine. Yeah, that's wow. That's when so it goes too far. Nightlife, yeah. Miami nightlife culture for sure. And uh, the last thing I wanted to say, and I don't even know if we can blame him, but the Don Mattingly. Uh, aspect. He, he was a manager. He was a manager, and he was the one who decided not to um, play him on Sunday, move him to Monday. And I think he's like he still beats himself up Don't over you think? it. Yeah, right? that's the kind of thing that everyone <sighs> around Don Mattingly tells himself that there's absolutely no way he could possibly blame himself. So, in I think I just want to nip that in the bud because okay. I know <laughs> I put that up there, but I couldn't imagine. That you can't. I mean, there's no way. There's yeah. just no way. Yeah. But it, Say, it does go with the um, spoiler culture, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like. Of course, again, there's no way he could have predicted that, you know, of course. Th- that was going to spiral, you know. Of course. Uh, it was gonna, turn the turn of events. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, we're not putting that up. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, 
I feel really good about this list. Same. And I'll read that. I'll read it out for everyone just to remind them. Great. We've got night boating. We've got Jose Fernandez himself. Yeah. We got Castro up on the board. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Coast Guard. Yeah. We have a lack of mental health resources in professional sports. And Miami Nightlife. Yeah. So these are our six. A lot of good suspects. Yeah, a lot of good suspects. Really good ones. I'm already having a hard time thinking of what I'm going to cross off first. Look, I just want to address the kind of elephant on the list, which is Jose Fernandez himself. And it's like, <sighs> he did drugs. He did cocaine. He was way drunk. He went out boating at night against some sort of like gentle warnings from friends and confidants. It's like th- there's like there's a bit of like a don't miss the forest or the trees like Occam's razor. What's the most obvious answer? And like Jose Fernandez is a little bit to me, with all due respect to the deceased, is like the op- is like the obvious. Well, he you know there there was a, a lawsuit that and it was taken to court and he was found guilty. Um, so sure. yeah. they and what they did say was that had he lived he would have um, been charged faced criminal charges uh, because he did kill two people I mean if you're if you're driving under the influence like a car and you kill someone you get tried for manslaughter yes you know right exactly so legally he was found like already found responsible yeah (laughs) yes I mean so like there's an there's an obviousness to it so you're saying we have to keep him up on the board for now in fairness the alarmist court kind of supersedes the American court oh for sure so we we do not have to defer (laughs) for sure we take (gasps) the mean American nothing here. Uh, justice system <laughs> like, into consideration. Yes, it's yes. but a piece of the mosaic. It's a piece of the pie. It is in no way the dictating force whatsoever. I just wanted to throw that out there and say, like, I would be. I am thirsty and curious for a less obvious, a less obvious. But well, he's just. It's just we, like Adam. As you know, here we do a process of elimination. That's right. It's tried and true. It never lets us down. It has you have a hundred percent success rate? You've yes. nailed every single every single blamey so far. Uh-huh. Yeah, All no, of our, uh, uh, the people in our jail or the things in our jail. They deserve to be there. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. I would never question it. So what are we going to cross off first? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Can- Night boating? That's the only one I can think of to first attack. Yeah, because night boating to me could fall as a little bit under Miami nightlife to me is a little bit more of an umbrella a, more of an umbrella right, thing that night boating can sort of be a subset of. Because people party on boats. Party on boats. Right. You That's party, a common thing. Boats are for partying. I so mean, like, or, or and travel and cargo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and travel <laughs> and, like very, and cargo. Yeah. yeah, and much more practical things than drinking and yeah. cocaine. But I would just say night boating, to me, I am inclined to cross it off because to me, Miami nightlife sort of scratches that itch for me. And, for and me. let's just be honest, like commercial boaters or boating or whatever. Yes. Um, they have a pretty successful. They weren't uh, crashing into it. No. Like they, for five years, it was safe, safe going. So yeah. So we're taking off night boating. Goodbye, night boating. I know you After have a that. vendetta against Fidel Castro. Yes. Uh, Cuban. You have it? to make a really good argument. <laughs> well, well going here. No, okay. Look, I'm just look. We're going to list. I just want to explore this together yeah, yeah, as a great. family. I want to talk about this together. <laughs> um. So. Castro Castro is right now the proxy for the difficulty uh the the reason that it is so fraught for and the creating circumstances and unlivable conditions yes. that make it uh attractive for people to risk their lives yes. literally risk their literal lives to defect from Cuba and come to most likely Miami. I mean uh, I mean yes yes that is I think he plays a huge part of it. And also the trauma that, that yeah. he was then uh, forced to uh, 
you know, uh, experience. Yes. The generational trauma, too. And, and like, like you said, the boat, like being calloused of this boating. Boating danger. danger. What like nautical danger means for Jose Fernandez was like kind of maybe warped. So that goes under Castro still. Castro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the look in your eye is frightening to me right now. <laughs> 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 like, like, <laughs> I dare not cross Castro off the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe though we do go into the Miami nightlife because uh-huh. I do know a lot of people who enjoy the boogie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're, they're not getting home in, safe. They're not getting in fatal boat accidents. No. Yeah. You know? I don't think we can blame the, yeah, like blaming the shoes for the fault of the feet kind of thing. I don't think that we can blame right. Miami nightlife. Jose Fernandez to me bears much more obviously responsibility. Yes. He's the one that imbibed the alcohol. He's doing the drugs. Plenty To your point, yeah. plenty of people are out boogieing all night long, not dying. <laughs> it's like uh, plenty of people take advantage of senior frogs two for one exactly. and don't end up you know, yeah, and they take a lift. Ding, to and ding, fro. take a lift, Jose. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Take a take a boat lift. Now that's a now an that idea is a million dollar boat idea. Lift. Now that's an idea. But for real though, <laughs> could save a lot of lives. So we now have four on the board. We've got Jose Fernandez himself, Castro, the Coast Guard, yeah. and a lack of mental health resources. Yes, well, let's talk about the Coast Guard for a second because we're talking about the Coast Guard in terms of uh, sufficient lighting, lighting the jetties, making yeah. the jetties uneven, whether that was intentional or not. Yeah. So we're talking about like not like nautical laws and yeah. safety and like making it more user friendly for lack yes. of a better word. I'm going to have to sort of point to this thing of like not you know, I mean, I don't know what the stats are in terms of like how many generally how many boat crashes and boat accidents okay. there are uh, per year I read or whatever. That there were uh, for in the last 5 years there were 20 two of them were on the on the jetty. Okay. Others were non-related to the jetty. Okay. And none of the two that were that crashed into the jetty were commercial. It was just people on their private boats. Yes. I would yeah. say, and I, I'm pretty sure none of the other ones either. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm with you. I think that we need, we, the Coast Guard, while it's their job, and I, I honestly, I'm like, why wouldn't you just put more lights out there? Put more you lights. You know? It, it just seems dumb. A few, a few iridescent uh, buoys is, uh, seems enough. a little flimsy but to me. But again, the, the, the stats yeah. are not there. Yeah. We can't blame the Coast Guard. Goodbye, Coast Guard. I feel good about these final three, to be really real with you. Jose Fernandez, Castro, and lack of mental health resources and and professional sports. Look, I want to lean on that because I I know we're eliminating right now, but I want to just sort of, I just want to sort of signal that the lack of, like, the lack of mental health resources in professional sports, to me, as Amanda said, just sort of does encompass this kind of like, who's looking after, who's looking after him? Who's yeah. looking after this young, young, rich man who is fighting with his girlfriend, who's about to be a dad, who has a lot going on in his life. It's, it's, he's rich and he's young and he likes to party and he's charismatic and he's worth a quarter of a billion dollars over what his contract is. Who's looking out? Who is looking out for his physical and mental safety? Apparently, like, Rivero. Exactly. And, uh, and Bernal. Bernal. Just like, just by the grace of some good Samaritan friends who are texting about it. Like, where are the Marlins? Not that they are responsible, but like. You almost want to put out, it's almost like instead of putting someone in a jail, like a Castro or a Jose Fernandez, you almost want to put out a big old bat signal for asking our professional sports to just mandate mental health help for these young athletes that are being 
that having dump trucks of money being poured yes, exactly. onto the and in my exactly. mind, in my mind, it's just changing the culture, right? It's like having counselors available, yes, and changing the stigma of see, uh, seeking a counselor, absolutely, or, or talking about your feelings, no doubt. And I think that there's a. a as a society and as an organization, there's a bit of a, a responsibility that should be held. You know, they, they need For to sure. take responsibility when it comes to that. For sure. The NBA right now, like I said, I believe that we are at a bit of a like this feels a little topical because right now the NBA, who is traditionally has been has the reputation of being sort of on the bleeding on the razor's edge of like progressive things. Uh, I think just uh, like uh, Adam Silver, the commissioner, anointed like a mental health whatever you want to call it, like an on- mental health person officially sanctioned by the NBA and every team has a therapist and that's part of it because like, again, the youth cannot be understated like and like the, like Amanda was saying before, the overnightness of the of the extreme wealth is really intense. Right. Really, really intense. Young and rich, baby. Young and rich, baby. And like, and this isn't the same because, but like you have another sports tragedy that Aaron Hernandez from the Patriots said like a lot of these guys are coming from like, you know, people who come from like gang culture all of a sudden have money overnight and like, like well, now they have money, but they can't escape the gang. He's but- coming from communism. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's, <laughs> it's it, he's seeing money and he's being able to make choices for himself uh, for yes. the first time. Man, so that. That Castro's looking a little juicier to me right now, to be honest with you. Just like all roads do lead back to like live, growing up under a communist regime and like all the sort of secondary but trauma that comes from that. Again, yes. had there been count, like someone he could speak to, like there are a lot of people who have fled Castro and yep. fled communism. Yep. And, you know, maybe they're not in the circumstance of Jose Fernandez where you're, you know, uh, you know, a, a famous athlete. A f- a pitching phenom. Um, so maybe that helps to kind of keep you grounded. I, I feel I really do feel like I'm I've kind of made up my mind. You have already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as much as I do, I, I, I understand that Jose Fernandez is, is literally at fault. Quite literally. literally. Yes. Um, I'm I don't think I can blame him in this scenario. Yes. Uh, and as much as I want to blame Castro. We know again, you there are people yeah. who have been, you know. Yep. Uh, who a lot of people are dealing with this yep. and we're not all driving a, a boat boats into jetties you know yes um so i would like to put uh mental health resources in to- the in the or the lack of rental mental health in the professionals i have to tell you rebecca as a fellow alarmist, I'm right with you. And that is actually where my gut is also leading me. I don't know what you think, Chris, but that's yeah. what that is. That is, well, that's, I, that's my, that's also my hunch. I think, I think somebody's got to grab those keys and open up that jail cell and make sure everybody turns around and faces the wall because they've got a new prisoner in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then it's, the pr- it is settled. <laughs> the prisoner is the idea of Wait, wait for it because I'm going to send him. Send him. A- and, and I'm assuming it's a man, I guess? Uh, in this it's case, in always. The male, in always. the male tense. Okay, okay. Uh, lack of mental health resources in professional sports. You're going to the alarmist jail. I also wanted to end. Uh, uh, <laughs> I also wanted to just end a little on a quote that this whole sequence reminded me of. It's from uh, one of my favorite writers, uh, um, James L. Brooks, from the movie "How Do You Know?" And the it's a quote from the character Lisa, okay. who says, "Never drink to feel better; only drink to feel even better." I love that quote. Nice, so I love so. That quote. <laughs> I, that got me. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mindy, you're crying. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Um, well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. And I, I also wanted to make sure that our listeners know about your podcast. Why don't you tell them? Yes. Uh, my our All of our friend Billy and myself host a podcast called uh, The No Joke Podcast on Twitter at No Joke Pod. Please give a listen. Um, we have yet to talk about Jose Fernandez, but maybe we will. Or Castro. Yeah. He rarely comes up. I'll come yeah, yeah. talk about Castro. <laughs> that sounds perfect. I, no actually. problem. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you uh, for having me. This is a real treat. Next time you have a nautical-based tragedy, I insist that you call me. <laughs> <laughs> you know I will. <laughs> After the accident, the Marlins retired Fernandez's number 16 so that no other Marlin could ever wear the number. The Marlins were initially planning to put up a statue of Jose Fernandez, but the narrative soured when the toxicology report was released and it seemed like he was to blame. In February 2017, the families of Eduardo Rivero and Emilio Jesus Macias sued Fernandez's estate for $2 million each, claiming negligence and personal injury. The lawsuit was settled on July 31, 2018 for an undisclosed amount. Vote for who you think is to blame by going on thealarmistpodcast.com and write in and let us know all of your thoughts at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at thealarmistpodcast and Twitter at alarmistthe. That took a turn, didn't it? Thank you so much. Tune in next week as we'll be placing blame on the sexy but tragic crime spree of Bonnie and Clyde. Erios. Powered by ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist.